He's Howard Ibach, a former copywriter and creative director and the author of two books on the creative brief. And he's Henry Gomez, an ad agency strategist with 27 years of experience. Together, he and I are the Brief Brothers. We love talking about creative briefs, briefing, and advertising. We're back for another episode, Henry. Today, I'm going to talk about, I want us to talk about something referencing my, my blog post this week, which was titled, A Case for Delaying the Start of Your Ad Career. And the reason I wrote about this is because I gave a, a talk recently to a class of college students at the University of Minnesota, Mark Jensen's class. He's been a guest on our show in the past. And I mentioned while I was talking some advice that I thought might be relevant, which was, you know, you don't have to jump right into an ad career right after you finish either your college program or finishing up uh, an advertising portfolio type program. Take uh, some time off. And I don't mean just going off to Europe and backpacking. I mean, do something to get yourself into the world of just living, experiencing life, watching other people live their lives, becoming observant, becoming a kind of amateur anthropologist. What surprised me was the number of students who wrote me the next day saying, you know, I never thought about this. That's really great advice. So I wrote this essay for my blog on that very subject and talked about the fact that I didn't get started in the ad world until I was almost 30 years, a month shy of my 30th birthday. When I graduated from college, I started off my first career working in the front office of a, of a sports franchise. Then I went off to graduate school and wrote poetry and literary translation. Then I went to Europe. And along the way, I also did some other kind of odd things like I was a stonemason for a few months, laying stones for a pool company. Not exactly a, an endeavor that someone who is accustomed to sitting and writing would do, but it all became what I would call part of my seasoning. Now, I, I didn't go on to a kind of a career that won me a lot of awards, got me a lot of attention as a great creative mind, but I had a pretty good career for 26 years. So I, I thought this might be an interesting topic to discuss. Do you have any thoughts on it, Henry? I agree. I, you know, I just, it, I, I don't think that it's necessarily specific to advertising. I think that in general, there's so much pressure on young people today to have their life charted out, you know, for at a, at a time in which you're incredibly immature, you're incredibly unknowledgeable about a lot of things. And the idea that you're going to make that kind of a commitment to something that you're supposedly going to spend the rest of your working life doing doesn't make a ton of sense to me. For me, advertising was a second, almost third career. I, I, I got out of school and I went to work in retail management and I owned my own sports gift shop for a time. And then I went back to school because I was going to become a high school history teacher. And that was when I got hired at the ad agency. So you know, life threw a few curveballs at me that kind of, I had never anticipated going to work at, at an ad agency or working in advertising. And it did. But, you know, I just think that, you know, there's so much pressure on, on kids. I, I had a colleague just yesterday, I was talking to him and he was telling me about his daughter who is freaked out. She's 17. She's approaching her senior year and she doesn't know what she's going to do. She doesn't know what she's going to study, where she's going to go to college. And, and I looked at him and I said, tell him to go to community college and take a bunch of classes and different things and be exposed to different things and see what she likes. And then she could always finish up at a, at a, a four-year school after. And he's like, that's what I told her. I'm glad you said that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, why, why the big hurry 
to, you know, to, especially, you know, I come from a Hispanic household. We're not out, we're not kicking our kids out out of the house the day they turn 18, especially if they're doing something fruitful, like going to school. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? He's this guy who he became like this social media mogul. Uh, uh, this, I believe the story was his father owned like a wine store. And so to help promote his father's wine store, he started putting up videos on YouTube about wine. And he became one of the early YouTube creators that was very successful. And now the guy's got the guy's a brand in, in of himself. And he's a guru, a marketing guru. And there's a lot of people that have, I, I think that um, we had Mark Ritson on talking about Gary Vaynerchuk. And and Mark hates he doesn't hate Gary Vaynerchuk he hates the stuff he talks about marketing, but I think Gary Vaynerchuk I I kind of have two views of him. There's Gary Vaynerchuk the marketing expert, which I agree with Mark Ritson he's not a marketing expert, and then there's Gary Vaynerchuk the motivational speaker, and I really like Gary Vaynerchuk the most motivational speaker, um, and w- this is one of his tenets. Like young kids come to him all the time and like, well, what should I do? He's like go out and get experience in the real world, yeah. go do things, yeah. figure yeah. out what you like, figure out what you don't like, um, you know, see the world, see how other people live the world. And you're going to find something. Don't put that pressure on yourself at such a young age. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, were, I know one, of the th- one of the things that I was talking about in my essay was the fact that in order to do a really good job selling, which is what we do when we're in the advertising world is you have to, you have to understand who you're talking to. You have to understand your audience, which requires a degree of empathy. If there's a big critique that I have of our practitioners today is they, they're kind of elitists and, and they just, you know, they're almost looking down their noses on the people that they're trying to sell products to. They don't know what it's like to go to the store and buy Pop-Tarts or toothpaste. You know, maybe they use these products themselves, but they don't know who the people are who use them. And that's what I think is one of the things I've admired most about you. And I quoted you in this essay when I said that, it took you a while because you're a late starter too, and you're self-taught in this business. And one of the things that you do when you write a brief that I've always admired is that you, when you're answering the question, who are we talking to? Who is our audience? You write the answer to that question in a way that creatives see it as a costume that, that we can put on and try to see the world through the eyes of the customer we're talking to. You can't do that if you haven't lived a life and have a degree of empathy for what it's like. Yeah, this That's something up- you... You have to live your life a bit to figure that out. This came up when we were talking with Paul Taylor of, of Adweek, W-E-A-K, right. um, who's, a, you know, a creative in his own right, a successful creative from big agencies. And he was, you know, we, we, he was reflecting on that, you know, that 21 year old doesn't know anything. They don't know shit from Shinola. And so whether if you're a strategist or a creative, um, the more world experience you have, the more information you have to draw from to create. Um, the, the, the more, you know, let's the, I guess the analogy or the metaphor is a palette that you can paint with. Right. It's all, like of these li- all of these life experiences that you frankly, when you're 21, you think you know it all, but you don't. And so I, I think it's a, I, re, I, I, my only thing would be, it's not just an advertising thing. I right. think it's true of, of, of really any, any profession, unless you're one of the few people that, you know, 
you have this calling, like my father always knew he wanted to be a surgeon. He knew he wanted to be a doctor. And so for him, it was a mission. You know, there are people that have that thing that they want to be and they, you know, they, but a lot of us, you know, frankly, we grow up and it's like, well, you know, I knew I didn't want to, the only thing I knew was that I didn't want to be a doctor like my dad. So I I was floating around trying to find how am I going to make a living in this world? You know, hopefully some, someday find a wife have kids and but you need to have a profession to you know the irony i think in in our profession is that while it's advantageous to wait a bit you know maybe it's a couple years i waited till i was 30 although it wasn't something that i waited for i didn't find advertising until i was about 30 it wasn't an intention to say i'm going to put this off the irony is that when you hit 50 as a creative you become a target for a lot of ad agencies because you become too expensive. Even a target in a bad way, not a target in a, we want to hire that guy way. Exactly, exactly. Unless because you're, you're making a, because you're making too much money. Right. Unless you're, you're gonna, a superstar. You're gonna, yeah. Unless you're a superstar. But if you if you are a really talented senior level person, you can put out the work in a fraction of the time of a, of a junior, but the the senior marketing monks at your even, shop want to get rid of you. Even if you're extremely talented. I, I, I know a guy, I know people who have won multiple can lions who have worked on the biggest advertising brands who have worked on multiple Super Bowl spots. And they reached a point in their career where they were just unhirable because the agencies look at the guy's resume and say, we can't afford that guy without mm-hmm. even talking to him. Right. Uh, or, you know, they're like, well, you know, we don't want this guy because it's probably set in his ways. Or, and it's like, no, he's a guy who knows what he's doing. He's not, you know, he, if, if you have a small agency, he's going to know what, what his role is going to be. But you're going to be better for having his expertise. But that's not the way they see it. The, you know, right. the bean counters are, are in charge of all of all of this no, stuff. I, I agree with you as well that we're talking about advertising, but this is relevant to any career. I think you need to get out there and kind of live your life and experience things that you can't learn from a book, that you can't learn from watching a documentary. And, and I think that the other, the corollary to that is don't be afraid to make a switch midstream. Absolutely. Right? I've changed like, careers. I've changed careers. I, you know, I'm on my third or fourth career. You know, I, I did PR, then I went to graduate school, then I did 26 years in the ad business, then I taught college full time. Now I'm, I'm a corporate trainer and an author you know, and, and a podcaster, although we're not making any money doing this, we're having a lot of fun doing it. But these are different things that you could call professional uh, um, pursuits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so start out in one direction. And I think being open to possibilities outside of your profession is, is another important piece of advice. We were talking before we started recording the John Lennon lyric is a beautiful song called beautiful boy. And he says, life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. Yep. And mm-hmm. that that's true. So, you know, have be attuned to, you know, maybe you thought that you were going to do something and it ended up that, you know, that's not for you. Yeah, kind of like this episode. We weren't planning on talking about this, but here we are. Here we are. Good stuff, Henry. Good stuff, Howard. He's Henry Gomez. And he's Howard Ibach, and together we're the Brief Brothers. Till next time, bye-bye.